beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. This is Nubia. And I'm Francis. And we are your hosts. And we have a great show for y'all today. As always. As always. (laughs) But this one's a little different because we're actually talking to somebody who hasn't quite taken the leap yet, right? She put her toe in the waters and she's testing it out at the moment. And I can't wait to dive into her story for all of you back home who are like, I want to do it, but I don't know how to do it. Should I do it? And all that stuff. Bianca Wilson. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Bianca. Say hello. 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 Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I think I had her on mute for a little bit. So that was my fault. (laughs) So... Bianca, thank you so much for joining us today. Francis and I appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us. And girl, can I just say that it has been a pleasure meeting you and meeting your partner as well. And um, just tell us a little bit about how you decided to make that decision to potentially move abroad. Sure. Um, I think, right, it's As someone who has a passion for travel, it's always in the back of your mind, like, oh, you know, I would love to live. Anytime you go on vacation, right, you're like, oh, I would love to live here. I wish I could live here. But, you know, the reality is you you, you don't. Um, So I think for me is just initially having that passion, always taking those extended trips um, and really just falling in love with experiencing new places. Um, So I am. work back in the States. I'm actually in healthcare sales and marketing. And, um, I love what I do actually love it, love it. But I just want, wanted a little bit more, uh, flexibility. And I kind of felt like I was on this hamster wheel and basically just going to work, paying bills, going to work, paying bills. And I really just didn't have anything to show for it. Um, I naturally spend all of my expenses on experiences anyways. Um, so I'll forever have those. Um, but for me, I just wanted the opportunity to get up and go whenever I felt like it. I didn't want to put a request in. Um, I didn't want to see if I had enough time to be somewhere. Um, but initially I set up my life so that anytime I came back from a vacation, it wasn't like I was dreading it. I love my life in the States. Um, so I just wanted to kind of create a little bit of balance, um, for the two. Uh, so for me about a year ago, um, things started to slow down for me work wise. Um, and I was starting to explore, um, possibilities maybe in taking on additional projects and things of that nature. Um, and I actually got rid of cable. So it was the fact of, what can I do to reduce my cost? Um, sales are slow right now. Um, you know, what can I do? So one of the things I did was get rid of my cable and that's why I started to kind of get into YouTube. And that's when I discovered there's a whole digital nomad community. Um, 
in the Chiang Mai area. So I started following people like um, Jabril and Passport Heavy Crew, uh, Chris the Freelancer, um, Johnny FD, uh, Riley Bennett, um, those kind of travel influencers, and just kind of saw that they were living abroad um, and working abroad as well. Um, so for me, I was like, oh, that would be a great opportunity. And there's been points in my life where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to I'm quitting my job. I'm going to get rid of my place and I'm just going to move and make it work. And that's kind of my mentality. And that's kind of how I've always lived my life. And um, it was to the but I was so comfortable and it was to the point where I was just scared. I was like, I can't I don't know if I could just give it up and really take that chance. So um, recently I kind of just hit a wall and was like, you know what? I'm going to take my vacation time and then I'm just going to request sick time on top of that. I didn't even know if you could do that, but it was to the point where it was like, whatever, because I'm going to do it anyways. And so I took about a month and a half off and I was like, I'm going to go to Chiang Mai. There's a conference going on called the Nomad Summit. And um, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to test the waters. I'm just going to go out there, live in Chiang Mai um, and just see how it goes. Wow, that's incredible because often people are, you know, making that move because they're, you know, running from something or they're in a, you know, negative state in the States, but you actually love the way things are. So that's really a different perspective. And then you decided to kind of just go out there on your own. And did you make any connections prior to visiting Chiang Mai? Um, So no. Um, so to get back to the, when you were speaking on, you know, people often are trying to run from things. I've done that consistently in my life. I've lived in so many different cities in the States and I was always running from things and looking to build a life that I really loved in the States. So I had already reached that point. Um, and as far as building connections, that's something that I was aspiring to do at the Nomad Summit. But of course, dating an extrovert like um, Ciara, she had already made connections in D.C. at another conference. And that's what linked us up to Nubia. Yes. (laughs) Bianca, tell me, have you chose Chiang Mai to be the city where you're thinking about moving abroad and relocating? So I think that Chiang Mai initially would probably be, um, just like many others, a hub for me. Um, I think it's an easy transition for the cost of living for the relation of USD. But I do, I want to explore more. So I think initially Chiang Mai would be uh, my first choice and then I would kind of go from there. Got you. Maybe stay for like a couple of months or a year. Yeah, I think, I was just talking about this earlier, I think 30 days. Really? And then, yeah. And then kind of just go from there. Because right now I'm kind of ready to go maybe to Indonesia or Vietnam or something like that. I'm really just, I don't, I have to be on the go. Right now you're yeah. on that level where it's yeah. like, go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. When I moved here, I enjoyed the easy transition of it all. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I left the States, I thought I was going to be a backpacker and Shortly thereafter, I realized I'm not that person. <laughs> so, but did you, didn't you travel like to different um, continents and countries before you settled down here? I traveled like vacation. Okay. You get what I mean okay. to different countries. So I'm, I'm in my 30, I think I'm up to 30 or 31 countries right okay. now. However, when I traveled, I traveled 
on vacation. I was meeting up with my travel group. So I was going with Bay at the time or I wasn't doing like what I'm trying to do now is travel with more of a purpose, right. you know, um, learn more about the culture, actually live in a neighborhood. You see, you see what I'm right, saying right, with the right. locals and meet some Thai, you know, people and all that kind of stuff. So you definitely can't do that in 30 days. If you're just getting acclimated, right? So I'm here a little over six months and I feel like I've only scratched the surface wow. because there's so much I still haven't seen in Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai is the second or third largest city in Thailand. And I drive a motorbike, a motorbike, and which is now giving me a lot more freedom. My first maybe three months, I didn't have mm-hmm. access. Well, I had access, but I was so afraid to get on the bike. Now I'm ready to hit those streets, and I'm seeing so much more that I'm just like, wow, I never knew. So, I mean, totally. I think if you come and you're ready to hit the, you know, the Asia Trail and do 30 days here, 30 days there, that's just checking out some places right but it's really hard even in indonesia i was there for a month and i only hit two that's what i heard you know when i was in bali i bali is my favorite place in the entire world but i was on vacation yeah so when i was listening to other expats and digital nomads and they were talking about how horrible their experience was in indonesia i was so surprised but i did have to reflect a little bit because i was in a resort type villa amen and i had a butler and and i was like i love it here so yeah i think initially what i would have to do is just kind of check out different areas for maybe 30 days at a time and then maybe after my vacation like experience then i would kind of just choose from there got you yeah yeah if i could give a a, just a slight suggestion i would i would try out 60 to 90 days because 30 like i said 30 days is only going to be like you're still going to be on vacation you don't know how it is to live in a place until you're there for a little bit of time okay you know what i mean and then because like i was so i was dead set girl on in vietnam i was like i was leaving i was like bye everybody i'm moving to vietnam girl i got to Da Nang. it was like um I don't want to go back to Shanghai. Exactly, but Chiang Mai is my first um, experience living abroad, right? Mm-hmm. So how do I know I just want to come back and live here? Like, I think I would want to kind of test the waters. Oh, totally. And then maybe make a decision on kind of signing more of a permanent lease after that. I could totally dig that. I could totally dig that. So, Bianca, where would be, so let's say, you know, you go back to the States, you've done your year, and you're headed off back abroad. Besides Chiang Mai, what country are you thinking of doing your first 30 days? Barcelona is not a country, but um, I would definitely go to Barcelona. So I miss Barcelona a lot. I actually miss Europe a lot now as well. Um, so I would do 30 days in Barcelona. I've never been to Portugal, so I'll go to Lisbon. I definitely, I've never been to Ibiza, Madrid. I would definitely do that circuit next. Nice. You'll like Portugal. Portugal is cool, but let me tell you, girl, it's a killing on your feet because there's nothing but cobblestone Mm -hmm. cobblestone streets cobblestone sidewalks and nothing but inclines and when i say inclines i'm talking about like (laughs) like inclines but portugal is a very nice beautiful laid-back city (laughs) my first day in portugal right so i got into portugal late Woke up in the morning, like 7 a.m., like I'm about to hit the Portugal streets, go to a cafe. Girl, I got outside. I was like, hello, hello, anybody around? 
Portugal does not, and I repeat, does not get up before 9 a.m. Wow. Okay. That's how I feel about Chiang Mai. Like, I feel like Chiang Mai gets up kind of late. True, but in Asia, the street, I mean, the street vendors are cooking at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Portugal is black. I'm talking about dead silence. Nobody's up. Wow. Nobody is messing with you before 9 a.m. That's refreshing, though. So are they up all night? I don't know if they're up all night, but they definitely eat dinner after 7. They're like a late culture. So you might find out they don't open till 10. No, let's say, yeah, they don't open till, let's say, 9 or 10. And then some places are closed from, like, 2 to 5. You get what I mean? What do they call it? A siesta? Well, I think, I I think, I don't know if the siesta thing is more of a Mexico thing, but yeah, they're closed. I don't know if they're closed for their own lunch purposes or whatever they're doing, but they shut down and they'll be open after five. So that was the only thing about Portugal for me. I was like, dang, like y'all really, y'all really shutting down. But I was also there in January, Mm. like December, January, because I was there for New Year's. So it could also have been holiday time, you know, different feel. It was low season. You know what I mean? Places are high season. It's a whole different monster so we'll see but i think you'll like that so bianca you leave tomorrow and so what's next for you in regards to getting yourself ready and prepared to make the final transition yeah so like i mentioned before i think that for me it really was about trying to find a balance Uh, you know initially there's just so much pressure and you see all everyone that loves to travel you see them all over the world you see them on ig living their best life working remotely and things of that nature in the states it does kind of make you want to sit behind your computer and be like you know what i'm I'm just going to do it i'm going to take the risk and i'm going to go but for me like i'm just not ready to give up my life in the states So coming here to Chiang Mai and kind of interacting with different people on different levels, I've noticed and I realized that I just want to create a balance. I want to, well, I'm going back to the States. Um, I'm actually leaving my current job and I just accepted another opportunity for a startup. It's going to give me a lot of um, sales and marketing experience in the healthcare industry and kind of help me grow in that aspect. I'm also going to work on personal projects. Um, I do sales and marketing consulting for other startup companies. And then I'm also going to dabble into e-commerce and remote income in that aspect. So what I want to do is kind of build my remote income and enough to where it's sustainable for me to travel the world the way that I'd like to. So I'm not in a rush to transition and move move abroad at this point, but I'm going to give myself, I'm going to put a deadline on it. I'm, I'm going to give myself a year and then I can kind of reconsider and see where I'm at at that point. But for me, I'm just going to create a balance. I always travel. I have the flexibility. And that's another thing. I have a flexible job. I don't sit at a desk from nine to five. I see my clients when I want to. I take vacation when I want to. So I have it set up to where I already work remotely. I just have to see clients in the States. And so I'll still continue to travel and take weekend trips and kind of pursue my passion in that way. But I do want to take the time to build a sustainable income before I, I kind of take the leap. Completely. Nice. Okay. She ain't doing it like some of us, girl. Sell your shit and leave. Bye. Now, <laughs> I did sell all of my things already. I got rid of my triplex apartment in L.A. I, uh, I have a company car, so my car, I dropped it off at Enterprise. I sold everything. I'm kind of into the minimalist lifestyle. So I have two suitcases and... It's so crazy because when I'm in the States, everyone's like, that's so wild. You're so crazy. I can't believe you're doing this. And then I meet Nubia and I'm like, yeah, I only have two suitcases 
two suitcases to my name. She's like, and even that's too much, girl. That's a lot. And I'm like, this is crazy. But yeah, so I did sell everything. And I, because it was to the point where if I liked it, I wasn't going to come back. So now I kind of have a better, better insight. Nice. I love that. So walk us through what was that was like for you selling all of your things and becoming a minimalist because I did the same thing and it, it just felt wonderful because I think a lot of people have this like oh I, I just can't do that I can't I need my stuff so walk us through what that was like sure. for you. so it definitely selling all my things and moving is not this is not my first rodeo so I've lived all over the United States I mean Atlanta uh, I'm from South Florida West Palm Beach Seattle uh, Los Angeles. So I definitely have sold all of my things and started over time and time again. Um, sometimes I had opportunities and sometimes I didn't. This was the only point where it was a little bit harder for me because I was in my career and I was very comfortable with where I was at. So I actually moved from Seattle six months ago. So I transferred my job uh, opportunity to LA and I got a triplex apartment in LA, which is like what I dreamed about. And I was just working, but it came to the point where, like I mentioned before, sales were really slow. And so it was to the point where I was just working to pay my rent. Okay. And it was, I was just like on this hamster wheel. I would just go to work, pay my rent. And I wasn't really enjoying life anymore. And then it came to the point where I couldn't afford to travel. And that's where I'm like, all right, something Something has to to give. Now, Now this is taking it way too far. So I kind of went back and forth. I put a notice into my landlord and said I wanted to leave and I was going to try to downsize. And then I went went around L.A., started looking at places and then decided to stay. So then I reneged and told my landlord I was going to stay and I'm not going to leave anymore. And then again, I'm doing more research, looking at YouTube videos on travel, uh, passive income, minimalism, things like that. And you know what? It was coming up to the end of the year. You know, people are like, you know, I always kind of evaluate and see what I can do to change. So December 1st, I put in the notice. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to get rid of my place. So I, I went ahead and told my landlord, you know, I was just like, you know, things aren't the same. I'm not going to be able to stay. And I asked him to help me find a tenant to replace, to replace me. And he was really cool about it. And I was just put in the universe, you know, hopefully I can get rid of it in 30 days. I already had my um, my ticket to Chiang Mai. So I was like, if I can get rid of it before I leave, then I'm just going to sell everything and just leave. And then I'll figure it out from there. So that's what ended up happening. Like randomly, like he he let me know. He was like, you know, I have a tenant. They want to be in in five days. Can you can you go? And I was like, all right. I put everything on offer up, sold everything, donated my clothes got rid of, I mean, basically everything but two suitcases, and I got on the plane. You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. I can dig it, girl. I can dig it. Because once you live abroad, you really realize how much shit you don't need. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it is the getting rid of process that was difficult for me because it's not that I had a attachment to stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I just felt like I may need that. 
Mm-hmm. I may need that, you know, mm-hmm. like even now being here, I'm just like, oh, I wish I would have kept my blah, blah, blah. Had I known I would have got an apartment. You get what I mean? But now that I have like an apartment, I'm trying not to accumulate more shit because the whole point is don't get too comfortable and stay here for that long. But yeah, something about just having your items and, and trying to disperse them is kind of like it can be mentally exhausting. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna act like I didn't have my nights where I cried. Cause I was like, damn, this is hard. It's hard. It was to me. It wasn't hard. I'm not attached to my things. Well, no, it wasn't that, that. That's why it was hard. It was hard for me because I got rid of a, a whole house, yeah. right? Like I have kids and everything else. So it was like a lot of stuff. Right. I couldn't imagine, you know, like I had a basement full of stuff. I'm talking about uh, lawnmowers and you know equipment. You know, it was everything. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, damn. No, we got a lot of shit. Like it was hitting me. Like you accumulated a lot of shit and you got a lot of stuff to get rid of. And then when I thought I was downsized, I still had more shit to get rid of. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. Absolutely. But how freeing was it when you finally let it all go though? I mean, when I let shit, by the time, the, the day before my flight girl, I still had a little pile. I had a little pile of stuff and I was looking at it and I was like, fuck it, it's just going in the trash. And I was just, I mean, there was nothing else I could do about it. I was leaving, but I wasn't taking it with me. You know, I mean, things like I had a small library full of books. I can't travel with a lot of books. So, you know, I just gave things away to people that I knew could potentially use it. I got tired of trying to sell stuff because people were trying to haggle and get better prices. And I was just like, look, I'm not even about that life. I'd rather give my stuff to places that can use it, you know? I wasn't necessarily just doing goodwill. I was like going into neighborhood thrift stores and selling stuff. And I'm talking about bags full. Wow. Yeah. But I could I wish I kept my chucks. I ain't gonna lie. I miss my little but can't you get that back? That's another thing. I felt like if I voluntarily gave up my life. Because, you know, when you work for someone, you're basically your life and your livelihood is in their hands. Mm -hmm. And another thing I failed to mention was that the company was going through a reorganization as well. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gave me the feeling of, you know, my livelihood is in their hands. Granted, I I was going to be okay if they let me go. And I didn't. They didn't. But I was like, you know, if I voluntarily give up all of my stuff, live within my means, downsize. I can easily acquire all those things again. You're right. You know, I can buy more chucks. Exactly. Right. I still miss the chucks that I had. Though. I'd rather put myself <laughs> in a position where I'm giving up all my stuff rather than be forced in a position where I have no choice but to give it up. That's true. You I can dig I mean? that. Yeah. I can dig that. So tell us. Now, when I met you, I met you and your lovely partner. So that's another thing that I hear people say all the time is, it's very hard to get their partners on board to move abroad. What's that like in your relationship? Are you both trying to come abroad or are you having the, my partner's not ready, I'm ready. Um, what's going to happen with that? Like, what's that look like? So I've always had a love for travel, right? So anybody that I pretty much date, I try to not force them, but I try to get them into the lifestyle of traveling. 
I think it's exciting to experience new places, but it's also exciting showing other people new places as well and new experiences. But I did make the mistake of trying to fit my relationship into my lifestyle rather than acknowledging what my partner needs or what my partner can handle. Cause I'm, I'm kind of, I'm risky. I like to take chances, things like that. And not everybody's like that. And that's, and I learned that already. I've learned that already. So this relationship is still fairly new. I know that she likes to travel and I know that she's open, but I didn't want to push my quote unquote radical lifestyle onto her. I wanted her to come out to Chiang Mai with me. So at least she can share the experience, right? Because it's one thing to travel by yourself and then come back home and try to explain your experiences to people. True. I wanted her to just come with me and just see how she likes it. So she ended up loving it. I don't want her to give up her life for me. And I think it's to the point where she's open to the idea, but I'm much more ready to let it go and live abroad than she is. And so two things, I don't want her to give up her life to just fit into my lifestyle. And I don't want her lifestyle to hold me back. Mm. So we, again, that's the, my word for the year is balance. Uh, the, we got to create some type of balance. I'm okay with her not wanting to leave and go live abroad. Got it. I'm okay with it. I've accepted it. I've accepted it. I stopped living for other people a long time ago. And I've, you know, kind of have, you have to run your own race. You have to live your own life. So we're going to make it work and we'll see what happens. Um, we both are extremely motivated. We are working on our own personal projects. We want to grow independently as well as together. Nice. And so if it works out, it works out. And if not, I mean, you know, we just have to take it. We just have to handle that when it gets there. Got it. Yeah. I can't even get into that because I will say this, though. <laughs> Miss, I will say this. Give it to me. Dating abroad hasn't necessarily been the easiest thing as in Southeast Asia. Okay, mm -hmm. let me just be clear. Europe is a whole different story, but Southeast Asia specifically hasn't been the best as a black solo female traveler. So if, you know, you have a loving, supportive relationship, it's nice to foster and develop that, which I totally dig. You know what I'm saying? I totally am about the whole don't let people hold you back type thing because you do have to live your best life, right? And the whole point is your best life. And I'm a mother too, and I didn't let my kids keep me in the States. So I'm, I would never say that about a relationship. Hence me about to say, I wish I had a little, a little boo here. It would be so nice. I and, I wanna, and I want to ask you and Francis about that because, I mean, you know, I'm very taken, but, you know, I, you know, just out and about in Chiang Mai really doesn't seem like that much potential. Non-existent. And I'm like, okay, because first of all, Chiang Mai, you guys party like late, <laughs> party late into the night. And I'm like, all right, so what happens? Like, y'all just go your separate ways? Like, what, what happens at the end of the night? Like, I don't know. I come home. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Francis, what about you? In She's in Japan. Uh, so she has a whole I'm in Japan, so it's totally different. And I'm in Nagoya, which is the second largest city in Japan, not too far from Tokyo. So I feel like all the action happens in Tokyo. And I think, because there is an you know, LGBTQ presence in Japan. Um, I just don't know where they are. <laughs> and everybody's kind of like spread out. So 
I mean, I actually met this um, African man who tried to, you know, do his thing and I had to, you know, let him down easy. And then he told me, if you don't adapt, you'll starve. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, he's like, cause he, he immediately, when I told him, you know, um, that I was a lesbian, he immediately was like, well, wait, like, how does that even work for you? Cause I'm still looking for a black woman. And I was like, listen, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about it right now, but I am. But, in the okay, background. but, but there you are know. black lesbians here. There's black lesbians here. There's mm-hmm. curious straight women here, I've discovered as well. So are you guys just all hanging out together and you guys just become friends and then you guys just don't want to hook up with each other? Like, how does that work? I mean, for me, I just haven't met anybody that I felt tickled my fancy, period. You know what I mean? I can vibe with people and I'm I'm very social with people, but it doesn't mean that I'm attracted to you in that way. I don't have butterflies when I see anybody that I've seen here thus far. Do you get what I mean? I got it. That's for me. I can't speak for this one. But for me, it just hasn't been it yet. I'm waiting for that one to come in and my stomach just to drop and my heart to be like, boop, boop. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not feeling. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. You go by your emotions? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little feely person. Yeah. I'm like, oh. But I also think we're a little older too. So, you know, we're in different phases in our lives. You know, if I was 21, maybe they'd be, you know, a little different, but. Me and Nubi are a little older. And, old ladies. But it would be difficult. I mean, I guess you were saying you just kind of want a little thing. But it, I can imagine how difficult it could be dating and traveling abroad and living abroad. I mean, how would that ever be stable if you guys are just always on the go? Well, I mean, you could be saying stability looks different to everybody, right? Right. So, you know, I think there's a couple people that I've met who are here in relationships, but they came together. Right. So that's a little different. I've only met one couple that met during their travels. And I know people who are sleeping with other people who are kind of also in the nomad world, but they're not in committed relationships. So person that I met who was in a committed relationship, but met her partner abroad, they were apart for almost a year before they decided to meet back up. So the good thing about the nomadic lifestyle in a lot of ways, there's people that I met in Chiang Mai, not on a romantic tip, just people that I met. And I'll go over to like Malaysia. I literally opened my hostel door and the, and the girl that I met and had dinner with in Chiang Mai was sitting there. And I'm like, what are you doing here? She's like, what are you doing? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. We are all on the same summit path, but may just be crossing at different, at different times. So it may just be a fact of a matter of, you know, um, when it circles back around. You feel me? Because mm-hmm. yeah. once you've had a taste and you're just like, okay, maybe I'll go back and settle for a little bit more. That's when people are more apt to maybe start dabbling into making things magic happen. Because when you initially, when you're thinking about moving abroad, I don't think that's really in the back of someone's mind. I think you're looking for a lifestyle change. You want to see new places. You want to have new experiences. But when you come into a community like this, that's already existing, then you do kind of begin to wonder, you know, what's like, how do you engage with other people and date and yeah. you know that does start to, to come up. I need I think, to engage more. I think when you're in doing this life, I think it's important to find a partner that sees that equally as important as you do. It makes a difference. If the when you know somebody who does not mind maybe having many lives in different countries, whether it's every six months and 
and you could still create that form of whatever, quote unquote, stability, you know, I think it's being on the same page. Yeah. And I mean, also, I felt like I get fed by the people in my circles. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, to have good relationships with people, it doesn't, you know, weigh on me so much that I'm, I feel lonely because I'm yeah, I'm alone, but not alone. Do you get what I mean? So I have my girlfriends to kind of help me with the let's go to the dinner and movies type thing. And then I have, you know, Francis, where we do a lot of work together, but we'll also be traveling a lot together. So she traps. So we'll travel, you know, this, any other. It's just you're doing so much that sometimes it doesn't even, um, I don't know, it doesn't crash your mind at the moment. There's certain nights that definitely crosses your mind. And you're <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, it um, in the States too, so whatever. I know, people so saying that. Yeah, it's like, but at least, but it's not the same. <laughs> when, you, when you stop having all the options even available, it's a big difference. That's true. You get what I mean? That's my problem. It's like back in D.C., it was like, okay, no matter where you went, you can walk down the street and you're, and you're turning your head like, damn, okay, not so much, not so much. So I don't know. But like I said, Frances has a different outlook because she's in Japan. Me being in Chiang Mai, I've enjoyed it, though. I've, I've enjoyed the atmosphere, you know, and the way that I am taking that time out that I needed to take out for myself. And I think that's the most important. And that could be why I'm not in a relationship, right? Because the universe ain't done with me. Right. So I don't question it. And I just kind of just keep Just put it out there. Girl, I don't put it out there. Look, I am on the podcast, putting it out there. Nubia is single and ready to mingle. You're going to have a podcast uh, subject, how to be in a relationship in China, (laughs) how to make a relationship last. You're about to have it. (laughs) I put it out there. So, Bianca, what have you learned about yourself since being on this journey, you know, making these changes? I just have a different perspective on how I view my life and how I want to live my life. But my mentality didn't just change from one trip. This takes a long time to, it takes a long time to reach this point. You know, I've taken a lot of risks in my life. I've adjusted. I've included people, deleted people. I mean, it really is just a continuing journey. It also proves that, you know, a location is not going to make you happier. It's not going to change your life significantly. It It's really just your mental. Like, I can't really, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. I just, my whole perspective on how I view my life, what's important to me, um, how I want to continue to live my life, all of that has changed from getting rid of everything traveling abroad, meeting new people. I mean, this right here is out of, it's just out of character for me to even engage with new people and do a podcast. That's out of character for me, but I enjoy it. It's starting to feed me. I'm starting to understand how important it is to connect with other people. I am enjoying the fact that I'm, I'm finally around like-minded individuals. You know, when you're in the States and you have this mentality and you're talking to other people and you're, especially Los Angeles, think about it. I'm talking to my friends in LA that are worried about superficial things and who they know and what they have. And I feel like I connect with people on a different level. Just, it just depends. So all I can do is just run my own race, continue to live my life. And I just want to continue to be able to live my life how I see fit. Preach. I love that. Run my own race. I love that. Yeah. That's going to be her little caption. Run my own race. I always say that. I say that. I got that from Tim Ferriss. Uh, If you guys haven't read The 4-Hour Work Week, 
Tools of Titans. Um, please read those books. And I was watching it. Yes, I was watching an interview and he said, you know, I got to run my own race. And I have been quoting that ever since. Big ups to Tim Ferriss. <laughs> I, I have his book right on my shelf over there. Yep. So, Bianca, what's one thing? So I guess well, let's move on to the fun questions. What's one thing that you know, you know, once you officially transition abroad, what's one thing, you know, food wise that you're just going to miss and, you know, you'll probably never find it again? Okay, so this is funny. I am allergic to peanut oil, highly allergic to peanut oil and peanut butter. So in being in Thailand, a lot, you know, a lot of the food is made with peanut oil. So unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't had Thai food since I've been here. I'm just not trying to live that life right now. Um, so I've been just kind of checking out the American restaurants and things of that nature. So I'm sorry for all the foodies, <laughs> but I have not tried any Thai food. You got to be safe, girl. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Like that's everywhere in Thailand. Are you kidding me? But once you once you get um, once you leave the states, I guess the question was once you leave the states, what are you gonna miss? from the States, you know, one of the questions I would like to ask people are who live abroad is when you go back to the States, what will you eat? Right. But because you live in the States, when you leave and you know, that thing is gone. Mm, <laughs> in Thailand? Well, not just in Thailand, wherever you are abroad, when you decide to literally get on that flight one way, wherever you're going, you're saying goodbye. Also, it doesn't have to be food. It doesn't have to Anything. Be what like, is it? I don't really, I, I yeah, I can't. I can't think of anything, any food specifically um, right now, except Duke's is a really good restaurant. Do they have that Duke's in the States? You know, I don't know if Duke's is a chain or not, but they got the bomb onion rings, girl. They're onion rings. Yeah. Yeah. Their food was great. But I'm going to miss the Thai massages. <laughs> I am going to miss for $6 an hour. I literally get Thai massages in the States all the time. Okay. <laughs> so I'll miss that. I'm going to miss the people and the hospitality. Um, I'm going to miss the community here. I think it's fantastic. It's such a lively uh, crew, and everybody is just so peaceful and warm. Um, At times. No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I haven't ran. I mean, but yeah, everybody is uh, fantastic here. What else? I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss the energy, because I know that once I go back to the States, it's kind of back to reality, on the go, you know. But I, I hope to keep this energy in my mind. I hope to just to continue to have a peaceful mind and just, you know, not not get caught up in this in the lifestyle in the States. If I can kind of separate the two or figure out exactly how to adjust, I'm gonna try to look at it differently just and not try to just go back to my old life. Yeah, it's interesting it. that you mentioned that because we actually recently interviewed somebody who mentioned having to like maintain the same mentality that she had abroad and try to transition that into the States. And it was challenging for her. So that's um, interesting. Did she have any, did you guys have any ideas on how you would go about that or how you could do that? I think for her it was, you know, cause she's more of a spiritual traveler. So she does a lot of meditation and yoga to kind of recenter her mind and also just continue to remember all the things that she was taught. So always doing a refresher of all the things that she was taught while abroad and continuing to implement that into her life. Yeah, I can't say anything on it because I haven't been back to the States since I left. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that I know who are going back have gone back because 
of the fact of work purposes, not necessarily because of mental health purposes. Most people are here for mental health purposes, right? Mm -hmm. To get away from the whole hustle, bustle, the anxiety of the states right now and all the turmoil that goes on over there. So I can't even imagine going back, honestly. I'll be honest. I think Frances said it, she described it right. It's just trying to maintain that mentality and just not forget on why I did this in the first place. Yeah. Um, Because I'll be starting a new company. I could easily get back into that notion of where I was before. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do my best to just kind of remember that. And I mean, as long as I'm growing, I'm I'm cool with it. I could be on a whole different wave next year and that's fine. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. You know what I mean? It's not going to take anything away from me. So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. Could you give our listeners the ones specifically who are at home, like, you know what, I'm ready to hand in my two week notice. I'm ready to do this. I don't know if I could do this. What bit of advice could you give to that listener who is contemplating moving abroad? So don't, so not, so first and foremost, don't feel the pressure having to put your two weeks notice in sell everything and just go live abroad. You don't have to do it that way. And there could be in some instances where that's what you feel like you have to do to even to get this to happen, to have the courage to do it. I think all in all, do what is best for you. Do what makes you feel comfortable. Don't be pressured by the idealistic lifestyle. Don't be influenced by other travelers. Everybody has to go and walk on their own path. So if this is something that you really, truly want to do, set up your own plan that's going to be realistic to your own situation. You don't have to do it. Just, I mean, talk to other people that have done it. Listen to other podcasts. Uh, watch listen to this podcast. Listen to the, this podcast. <laughs> sorry. Listen to podcasts in general. Listen to... Um, Look at everybody else's journey and everybody else's path and then come up with your own exit exit strategy that's suitable for your situation. I love nice. that. And I think that's solid advice because it's not, you don't have to do it the way everyone else does it. Run your own race. Exactly. Love it. I <laughs> love it. Run your own race. Well, Bianca, I am so happy to have met you. I hope that we stay in touch. And I hope to see you somewhere in this world, too, by the way. I know, since you're never coming near the States anytime soon. Well, no, I'll be back in June. My son graduates, oh. so we'll be back in okay. June. But I'm trying to be in and out. Okay. So I'm going to have to catch you abroad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. She's like, well, if you ever in L.A., I'm like, nope. <laughs> and if you ever, she's like, I'm not going to L.A. I'm like, okay. But, Unless um, it's a layover and it's a long ass. <laughs> yes. But no, seriously, we want to thank you for being here. Your story is great. I know there's going to be multiple people out there that resonate with that. You had a plan and I like that. That's totally inspiring. You did it on your terms the way you needed to do it. Coming here for 30 days, checking it out, getting your feet wet. That worked out great. I think that 
that's what most people, more people should do is get their toe in the water first. So I applaud you with that. That's that's great. So thank you again for being here on Chronicles Abroad. We totally wish you the best. Yes, thank, thank you, so Bianca. Much. Good luck thank with everything. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank Absolutely. You. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.